Well, welcome to Bloom in Full Color. Hi we, there. Where we live life in ultraviolet. That's what I'm going to say today. Ultraviolet? Yeah, ultra. No, well, high Why definition. Ultraviolet? I don't know. Because my brain can poop out a word that doesn't make ultraviolet. That's uh, yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> High definition HD. All right, live life in oh, HD. HD. There you All go. All right. Well, is okay. this is this 4K, Zach? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. No, we're not that high tech. So you remember that shoestring budget from last year? Uh, okay, so our episode today, Jennifer Moss, Dave Holly. I should always Hi. introduce us. Um, okay, so eating seasonally, which we were just talking about the consumption of media mm-hmm. um, off off air here about how you know there's local television, there's local radio. None of us consume that. Um, we like, I'm listening to Spotify. I'm listening to my audible. I'm, I'm streaming podcasts. I, I don't listen to the radio. And and you look at it and you go, okay, so it's a generational thing, right? Absolutely. Well, no, I'm a generation That's above what they you. Say. Yeah. Okay. And I am everything streaming as well. So who's watching TV anymore? Uh, regular broadcast and who's listening to the radio? Yeah. You know, at at work where it's streaming, they've always had different uh, streams, if you will, but different venues that you could buy time and, and yeah. get the elevator music and the such, right? So who does that anymore? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Well, that kind of leads to our topic. <laughs> does <laughs> <Okay>. it? <laughs> kind of a little bit. Okay, so I stumbled into the functional health, health sp- functional medicine health space a couple of years ago when I was... <clears throat> on the beginning of my journey of battling some autoimmune disease stuff. And I had a nutritionist say to me, she goes, well, do you eat seasonally? And I was like, excuse me, what? And she goes, do I you eat all four seasons? Yeah, Absolutely. I, all the time. <laughs> um, well, she goes, well, do you just eat the same vegetables and fruit all the time? And I was like, well, I kind of do. So I started to get in my head. I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about this seasonal eating. So like, Right now, we're sitting in spring or fifth winter, depending on what you want to call it. Um, it it's not terrible outside today, but um, it's been a very slow, slow, it has been slow spring. I mean, it's you know we're filming this on April twenty seventh, and there's not even tulips blooming yet, no. which is extremely unusual. Which actually, we should qualify that on our podcast, we are talking about gardening. Uh, stuff for the Intermountain West. It is very regionally specific for us. Now, eating seasonal, I think, is too. So, like, what's in season now? It's asparagus. Strawberries are coming around the corner. They're a little late. Um, Broccolis and cauliflowers are also coming. So are cabbages. But radishes, beets, you'll see carrots soon, onions, garlic, and onions from the previous season. Um, So it's those early things. Um, Peas are really in season right now. Mm-hmm. Beans, lettuces, mm-hmm. um, your collard greens, your mustard greens, all that stuff. And so if you were to go to, say if you were at a restaurant in one of those high-end cities where they have seasonal <laughs> dishes, everything would be themed around the season. Right. I mean, pineapple's in season right now. Have you noticed pineapple's really cheap at the store? It's season. I don't buy pineapples. Why do you, why do you not I, buy pineapple? I love pineapple, but it's does things to my mouth. Oh, those. I'm one of those. I see. Yeah. I feel that way about Captain Crunch. I won't eat it. <laughs> I feel that way about Captain Crunch. I can eat myself sick on pineapple in a hot second. Um, I love pineapple. It's one of my very favorite yeah, it's, fruits. It's a great fruit. Yeah, but it'll tear your mouth up if you've got the right. Isn't it an acidity thing? Mm-hmm. It is absolutely because mm-hmm. so if you've got your body, your micro well, 
It'd be your so, biome of sorts. So what do I do instead of pineapple? Yeah, what do you do instead of pineapple? Grapefruit. That wouldn't be in season right now. No. Well, you think? Yeah, you can still get grapefruit. Well, but is it in season? You can get anything year round in the United States. This is true. Yeah, let me play but that game with you. What I'm saying is, you. so when you when you when you when you look at <laughs> capitalism, <laughs> you hear it for the people. Capitalism. <laughs> but when you look at that, you know, if you can still eat seasonal, okay, it's you may have to look a little bit harder to find it. If it's something that may not be in season right now. And I know That's where you're true. going with That's this. True. Okay. But it's yes. Okay. So you have a replacement for pineapple. <laughs> I do. We'll start there. <laughs> it's just that probably kinda... would have been easier to yeah, I have I, a replacement. I, you know, well, it's... I'm not asking questions very clearly as we've seen today. <laughs> Difference. I'm like, hold on. I was badgering Dave for an answer and I was like, wait, I haven't asked this question correctly. This is what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> like my communication Put me on skills the spot. suck right now. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. So seasonal food is just things that are harvesting when they're ripe in that season. Right. So they're ready right now. Yes. That are ready right now. So like tomatoes would be a summer and fall fruit. Food to table. Think of it that way. Yeah. It's ready to go. Farm it's harvested. And then you are eating it right then and there. Absolutely. And so what's the advantage to eating seasonally? A, it tastes way better. It's fresh. It's fresh. It actually has the right nutrients uh -huh. in it. It by it makes your diet biodiverse. So what that means is say if you ate a salad with romaine lettuce, cucumbers, and carrots, and tomatoes every day for a year. There's no biodiversity to your diet. Your body adjusts to those micro or the, those nutrients, and it gets pigeonholed, and you end up having deficiencies in other things. You don't usually realize it because we're an American diet. Everybody's eating processed food, unless you're me, and you've got all sorts of weird stuff you eat, or you're eating a lot of produce. Like, I only eat vegetables, fruit, and protein right now. There's very few things that... I think I eat plantain chips is the only thing processed that I eat, period. And there's not plantains here, so that's not seasonally friendly either. It's, and and that's, a, that's a hard thing to try to wrap your head around if absolutely. you've never experienced any of that. Oh, you know, and, most people haven't. And, absolutely. And they will tell you with the abundance of food that the United States has, just what we can produce ourselves. We have food deserts everywhere. We're technically a food desert. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, when you say We're called eating... a slow zone on a trucking. <laughs> so there's not enough population base yeah. here for them to justify trucks coming the, yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. It's a pain in the so ass. So when you, when you look at seasonal eating, in some cases, it's really tough depending on where you're at. Well, and what resources are available? So now we're lucky because we're we're down here in the Magic Valley and the, you know, smack dab in the center of Idaho at the bottom, right? So we're evil Knievel jumped if you listen from far away. Uh, now- we have a couple of farm stands now that are open six days a week. Right. And thank goodness for that. But, I mean, one of them just opened today, and she's got peppers and cucumbers. Really? Well, I she didn't, know so she that had she to, has greenhouses. Oh, okay. So but she, I'm not okay. sure. I'm actually, that no. is my stop after work. I'm okay. going to go find out. I would be, I would be I'm curious. I'm super curious. Yeah. And I know that the other one in town will open in June. And then the farmer's markets will start in June. Right. And then you're going to see very seasonal produce. So you're going to see those Support early your farmer's stuff. markets. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so that goes back to the next thing. All right, so we're talking about you're getting grapefruit. Yeah. Does grapefruit grow in Idaho? No. <laughs> Where does grapefruit grow? Uh, the closest I don't to actually us, know. The closest to us would be Texas or California. Okay, so to get that grapefruit to us, how many times is it touched and how much fuel 
and how many resources, non-renewable, are used in that process? Well, I think you got to look at it from the very beginning. Okay, so when you are harvesting fruits, let's let's talk, let's uh, put oranges in there in that same, because it's the same. Citrus. You know, um, it's harvested early. Yep. Okay, it's going to ripen. Before it's ripened. It's going to ripen in a box. box. Okay, it's going to get shipped to the farm's warehouse. Then it's going to be shipped to another warehouse. And, and then be- if you're lucky, it's gotten to the store. But most likely it's going to go to that store's warehouse where it's going to be touched again to get to the store. Then it's going to wait a couple of days before it's touched again to put on display. And then okay. the consumer has to grab it. Right. So then you wonder why that when you get store-bought fruits and vegetables, why it tastes like it's cardboard. And we wonder why kids don't like fruits, fruits and, and vegetables, vegetables. <laughs> because it tastes like Cardboard. Cardboard. Yeah. Well, and then you find the ones you like. All right. So I don't like cucumbers outside of season unless they're English cucumbers. Well. That's me. Because I get so spoiled with good garden cucumbers during the season. It takes me months to be able to eat cucumbers after the season. Because I'm like, oh. Yeah. And so maybe that's my body saying, you've eaten enough cucumbers. You don't need these (laughs) nutrients anymore. I mean, because you got to kind of pay attention to that too. Your body's going to tell you what it wants. As long as you pulled processed foods out, right. processed foods will dictate your life. And they you, have mine. I mean, yeah. that's, you know. You're actually learning through the, removing them right now. Well, well absolutely. Slowly. But in the 70s when I grew up, okay, and it goes back some time, this is when processed food was really coming into vogue, right? You got to get that, you've got to get that uh, packaged candy bar or that packaged ding dong or whatever yeah. it was, you know, and then it just stays with you. Okay. And now over the last five to 10 years, maybe that emphasis on seasonality on fresh foods has come back. Why? Because we've become a nation of obesity. Oh, absolutely. So we actually, so I have one daughter. Well, I have two daughters together. (laughs) Um, I have twins and one of them will live on fruits and vegetables. She's fine. And she actually doesn't really like dessert. She'd pick a piece of fruit before anything else. Or gummy. She likes gummies, but that's about, like, she likes gummy candies and fruit. She's not really into chocolate, unless it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Like, so she's my kid that kind of eats very intuitively. My other daughter, she's very picky, and textures are hard for her. So fruits and vegetables are tough some days. And, you know, we've gotten through a lot of hurdles in the last couple of years, but when I started to create the narrative in my household that, hey, we're going to eat seasonally, Let's try things that are ready right now, you know? And so we started to go through things. So right now we're in a strawberry fanatics. Which is great. Yeah, I have two strawberries. And I could care less about strawberries. I would pick berries over that. Strawberries, blackberries, blueberries are still very abundant. Okay. And most of them are coming over from Canada now at this point. Oh, and they're huge right now. Absolutely. Colossals. Mm -hmm. Um, And those aren't in season, technically. They're being greenhouse grown. Absolutely, from Canada. Um, But- I'm buying berries yeah. right now. You can guarantee it, but that's also what I have for dessert. So I have pineapples and berries and apples in my house. So pineapple is the only one of those that's in season right now. And remember, apples were harvested last fall. Yes. Okay. And they're so. starting to taste like that, just so that we're clear. <laughs> they don't have the same crispness. I might as well just, like, I, I bought, bitten one the other day. I was like, hey, that's a little mushy. Yeah. That's not so good. So, and they, things ripen 
at your house a lot faster than they do at the store. So now we've talked about all the evils of our supermarket uh, <laughs> vegetables and fruits, and that's not the case. You know, there, no, there, not are, at all. there is, you know, uh, there are a lot of uh, supermarkets that do a great job at trying to bring in uh, seasonal. Oh, well, uh, and haven't you seen that they're starting to say locally grown, absolutely, regionally grown, absolutely, and gravitate to those. Also, you can read on the little like stickers, it'll mm-hmm. say, um, from Chile. From Mexico. Well, and then and I eat avocados like they're going out of style all the they're time. They're required to do that. Yep. We have to know where, where our food's from. coming from. Well, and it's a good thing. And there's not going to be you're not going to find everything that you like to eat here locally. It, like, let's just be realistic. So we're we, not going to find grapefruit grown in Idaho. Uh, I'm not going to find avocados grown in Idaho. That's right. It's not going to happen. So what do we do when we want to do that? I mean, how do we source out this material that's locally grown so that we have access to it? So there's a couple of different ways you can do it. So support your local farmer's market. Absolutely. Because there's one other thing that we haven't talked about in here. How much water does it take to grow an apple, to grow a cucumber, to grow a tomato? It doesn't matter. Insert fruit, vegetable here. And then how much of your produce that you take home do you throw away? Mine's probably a quarter. So 25% of the water that's gone into the vegetables and, and fruit that I purchased has now been wasted in a world where water is king. So we're not helping the environment when we buy too much and we waste it. So there's that as well. And that could go into an entirely sure. different conversation on beef or something. I'm not going to do that because we are in dairy country. Boy, howdy, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Um, because I believe in local economy and our local economy in Idaho is agriculture. So that said, how do you do it? Um, farmers markets, farm stands. Hmm? your own. That's always a good one. If you do not feel comfortable, start with one plan of something. You See know, how and, you do. and what was really good about COVID, and I don't have a lot of good things to say about COVID. No. Okay. Not a lot was of Was that too. people got back into gardening again that was and a growing huge their own vegetables. Huge positive. And that is, that is so cool to see Yeah. when you can get kids involved in this and they're actually eating what they're growing. Exactly. And, you know, this is where we need to become, in my opinion, in the country is be more self-sufficient on us where we can and then support the outreach programs with the farmer's market, with the food pantries, with the extra yeah. uh, harvest that you couldn't eat as a family. Well, and have you ever done one of those bountiful boxes or I, um, I used to do in the off season, so I wouldn't do it during the spring and summer because I had access to everything and fall. So it was just a winter thing. I do misfit markets to my mm-hmm. house. Okay. And so it's like the ugly fruits, right. there's imperfect foods, there's thrive market. And so that's another sustainable way to get it straight to your door and still utilize. But you really, I kind of like cooking like that. Um, my grandmother and I actually were talking about this. So I'm from a family of good cooks and each one of us learned differently. And we all have completely different styles. I am an off-the-cuff cook. I will use a recipe as a guideline, and then I reinvent it, and I tweak it. I never gr- cook something the same every I time. never do either. I'll I'm cook it right the way. first time. Yep. And I will taste what it's like. And then I'll tweak okay. it. Okay. All right. It's missing mm-hmm. this. Or you know. I want more of this. Or right. this is right. garbage. Keep this out of here. Um, and I'm off-the-cuff constantly. My grandmother is a buy-the-recipe gal. End of story. It is to a T every time. But oh. she's a damn good cook. She's a damn good cook. And um, then my mom's a blend in the middle, you know, 
she'll take risks and then she'll change her mind and go back to the original recipe. It just depends. And we all have different um, palates as well. I'm the one who's like fire breathing dragon can handle some heat. And I like really weird foods and I like lots of colors that I understand eating by color. And so, because each color has different nutrients right. for your body. So if it's an orange, it's got beta carotene. That'll help your eyes. That's got vitamin A. It's good for you. You know, that's why they always told you to eat your carrots when you were a kid, because it's going to give you better eyesight. And I had really thick glasses as a kid. And I thought more carrots I eat, the better I can get rid of these glasses. <laughs> I was convinced that it's not. Well, technically it kind of did happen. I don't have contacts either. Well, see, it's, it's interesting that you brought up eating by color. Yeah. Because this is something that's been talked about more and more over the years. Okay. Whereas, uh, when I was growing up, it's eat your vegetables. Okay. And generally these were going to be vegetables that were overcooked, steamed, mushy. Oh, you know, and then there's probably a vegetable oil, which was terrible, (laughs) bad, not good inflammatory uh, vegetable. It would be smothered in butter. I can get down with that. And it's like, okay, this is how I learned to eat vegetables other than what we had in our garden with tomatoes and things that we grew. Okay. But the peas, the carrots, and things like that, the green beans, all the stuff that we that we didn't either can or that we had to buy at the store. We would boil it, yeah. and then we would smother it with, with uh, uh, butter. And my first wife did that the same way, okay? Yeah. But with Mary, she says, why do Mary's you do that? Mary's the second wife, that's, just that's, to qualify that's that. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we steam everything. And it was like, holy crap. This is what vegetables taste like? So I roast yeah. everything. That's what we do at my house. So 425 on a sheet pan with a piece of foil. I'm not being environmentally friendly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm lazy about washing dishes. Um, and oil when it cooks on a flat pan is a bitch. Okay. Um, I roast everything. So 425 for 15 minutes is my base. If it's a more, cursed, you know, like a, like a, mm, the broccoli, the cauliflowers, the cabbages, mm. that family, Cerberus. Mm. Yeah, it's the it's the family name. Anyway, when I do those, they're more like twenty minutes. Um, same with carrots, things that are more dense. Um, I'll do and a little then, bit longer. Do you put like an olive oil. So over I'll, and just I'll do olive, with? coconut, mm-hmm. or avocado. Mm-hmm. Those are the only oils I'll cook with. I actually pulled butter from my my diet. My family still eats butter, but I don't. Um, it makes me very sick. It actually, I had I had a couple of bites of my husband's steak at his birthday because he felt guilty because he. <laughs> wasn't hungry enough and I'd already eaten my salmon shrimp, but I am, I am carnivore to the core, um, sometimes. So I had a couple bites of a steak and it had been brushed in butter. Uh, I couldn't move the next day. My joints hurt so mm. bad. And I was just, it, my belly was incredibly upset, but I have, I'm allergic to dairy, but I always continue to eat butter, <laughs> even though I was allergic to dairy and turns out I just can't. So yeah, I got to butter on a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> well, uh, so I love good olive oils and coconut oils and avocado oils. Mm-hmm. Coconut oil, if I eat too much, will hurt my belly. But avocado and olive, I do great with. And you know what? I'll make cabbage steaks. Hmm. So I just big slices of cabbage, roast it, and I cover I cover it or brush it in oil, and then I put heavy seasoning. Like I am a seasoner. Like. My family will go anywhere, whether it's a restaurant or to a friend's house, and they're just like, everything tastes so bland. I said, well, you have to remember that your stepmom or your wife, whoever I'm talking to, I really believe in good seasonings, and I season accordingly. I don't use sugars. I don't use sauces. I use seasonings. I use spices. I use herbs. I, I only, we don't ever use table salt in my household, ever. 
I, I like I'll bake with kosher salt, but that's mm. it. And I only do it sometimes. I use Himalayan sea salt or mm -hmm. lava mm. salts. I mean, I have an array of salts. I mean, you know, you look at uh, all the all the uh, recipes and things that are out there for vegetables and such, and you look at potatoes and you go, either okay, I'm gonna have fried, sliced, mashed, or mm -hmm. baked, right? And uh, my wife and I were watching a show. Mary McCartney, who is a uh, a vegan, she had this recipe where it was a rosemary oil baked potato type yeah. thing, and then smashed. Mashed. She calls them mashed. But okay. yeah, they're, and then they're you, just smushed, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. so baked and then smushed, and then with just a, a pinch of sea salt. They were good. Oh, my goodness. I told yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really believe in that. And so when I love a farmer's market, because when you go to the farmer's market, everything's sea salt. So what questions should we be asking of a vendor at a farmer's market? I mean, if, if you're concerned about... Is this seasonal? Yeah. Do you grow it yourself or do you bring it in? Where'd um, you bring it in from? Exactly. Where'd it come from? So say you go to the Jerome Farmer's Market because that's just a mile right. away. She's got blueberries. Mm -hmm. She gets them from Oregon. Mm -hmm. She drives over once a week and she restocks on her berries. Um, same if you go down to Blue Rock. Um, and I'm, I think I've seen berries over at Countryside Market as well. Just can't remember. I got so excited the last time I was there when they had really, really hot peppers that I didn't see anything else the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm very easily excitable when things are hot. <laughs> so, But for those that don't know, or if you've never visited a farmer's market, I would encourage it. These are small farms. Yes, they are. Most of them. Not, you know, you go to the farmer's market in Boise and they're more of an established type farm. Okay. But a lot of these mainly are small farms and I'm saying small acre, acre and a half. Yeah. Type thing. Well, where have you, have we ever gone to Fork and Boise together? That restaurant? I don't think so. There's also, um, God, is it Bitter Creek Ale? It's down on 8th. They're, they're just kitty corner from each other, basically. There's a couple of restaurants. Um, Juniper is one of them, too. I've taken you to Juniper. Juniper. Mm -hmm. Had habanero ice cream on his mm -hmm. apple crisp. He didn't yeah. read the description. It was really <laughs> funny. Um, God, that was a hoot. Uh, I lost out on that. Okay, so what I'm talking about. Um, all right, so we go to the show in January. It's the Idaho Horticulture Expo. And um, I was picking the reservation at that point, And I got fired after this, just so that we're clear. Um, and... It's because everybody was being closed-minded, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, okay, so details, what are yeah, the uh, details? It's fine. That's all right. I can get fired from jobs every once in a while. I'm okay with that. I don't need to do everything. Uh, so Juniper is kind of cool because you go in and you look at their menu and everything's locally sourced. And um, same with Fork. It'll tell you this was grown 11 miles from here. Right. This was brewed 12 miles Which from here. Which is cool. Here. I mean, I, I it's like so that. Local. that it's so local. Imaging on that. And uh, yeah, we were at Juniper. And the chef obviously loved blue cheese because there was like every potato dish had blue cheese <laughs> in it, as I recall. And then I had a raspberry simple syrup beet juice margarita that was delightful. Um and then, yeah, the dessert came around and you and Paul Butler, <laughs> our soil rep, and Steve Salzman, our old head grower, and I were sitting next to him. He's a, he's a, he's a pepperhead. Yeah. He's a hothead yeah. like I am. He's from Santa Fe. So him and I were like, oh, apple crisp with habanero ice cream. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're in. We watched Paul and Dave order it. We waited until it sat in front of him, watched him eat it because we were going to tell him. That yeah. was just way too entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good, but they did no. not agree. No. And then after that, everyone's like, we are never going to a restaurant Jennifer picks again. Well, that I have slowly brought them back to the to my side. 
it took some time. But that's learn to the, read the menu. You yeah, know. <laughs> this is all the details. You know, those are really important things. But um, I actually, when we were doing our ladies' night a couple of weeks ago, I was introduced um to a program that our ISDA, so the Idaho State Department of Agriculture, does with their marketing arm, Idaho Preferred. That's called the Farm to Chef Collaborative. So across our mile. There's this little family farm that's called Peter's Family Farm, and they actually get a couple of things from us. Well, they were connected via this program with Idaho Preferred with a local restaurant downtown, Yellowbird Cafe. And so Peter's Family Farm produce is served on her menu and incorporated into her menu based on what's ready. And so that's a great way to eat seasonally as well is work with restaurants that right. work with local farmers. Right. And I mean, it makes a difference and the food tastes better. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a beautiful arugula leaf salad that's all locally, you know, gone, you know, grown with a piece of salmon and mangoes on it with the ginger vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. I, that's actually what I ordered there last time. And, um, you know, salmon didn't come from Idaho. That's farm raised somewhere else. I'm sure. Right. Um, it might be wild caught. I don't know. I, I doubt it. They would have listed it as wild caught and I'm sure it would cost me more. Um, and then mangoes don't grow here. Right. They're probably coming out of Hawaii. And so, there's definitely ways to incorporate local produce, but still get that diversity, still be able to put grapefruits yep. and stuff. And then what I've learned lately, it's so stupid easy to make dressing. So every store-bought dressing has an inflammatory oil in it for me. Or it has dairy. I can't do it. Or it has sugar. Or it has salt in your case because you're avoiding salt. Right. So I just get my little bullet blender and every couple of days I make a new dressing. It's like an acid of fat and some seasoning mm -hmm. and you've got good flavor. Mm -hmm. Maybe a shallot, you know, I love shallots. They're my favorite onion. So that's, I, I encourage people, but I, I'd forget, I've forgotten to finish the story with my daughter. Um, I just realized it. Okay. Uh, so we have the conversation going about eating seasonally. My daughter will ask me all year, when are the pears ready? When are the pears ready? Cause she only wants to eat pears. So when pears are in, she's usually forgotten by this point. And then I'm like, eat the pears, please. So that it's kind of fun because you can introduce your kids, your family, your friends, whatever, to new produce that they wouldn't normally choose. And get them started early. Yeah. Because then they have all these preconceived notions that nothing's any good. So that's. Oh, uh, it's so funny. It's when green. I, I hear my kids come back or, or I run into one of their friend's parents and they're like, oh my God, your kids had such good manners. They were so well behaved. And I'm like, really? Because they're not like that for me. Um, they're actually awesome kids. I'm stupid lucky. But it's been interesting to hear different parents, you know, because you got a house full of four or five kids and you're a single mom or you're two working parents. Like macaroni and cheese is probably dinner for a few nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's out of a box. It's out of the freezer. And that's not how my household runs. You know, what I've always enjoyed is is when I've gone to the farmer's markets. And, and yes, Jerome, we have one, and there's one in Twin. And I've been to the one in Boise quite often. But what you see today as compared to, say, 20 years ago, when they were really just kind of getting started, mm -hmm. is it's a family outing <laughs> now. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's, it's not an activity. just the woman of the house shopping. Yeah. You know, the husband is there or boyfriend or girlfriend, and they've brought the kids there. And they're just as excited to be there as well, yeah. you know, and, and looking and trying all this stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. We're making a transition. It's awesome. Well, and what I would say is a lot of people go, oh, my gosh, you know, the, you two must just have so much time to cook everything from scratch. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not that hard. And it actually takes less time. And you're doing less of an environmental footprint. You're 
helping your family. You're setting them up for success with healthy food. I mean, so my roasting of vegetables takes two minutes. I cut it. I put it on the pan. I spray it with olive oil. I season. I put it in the oven. Done. Pot of rice, chicken in a pan. So all I really had to do was prep and cook the chicken. And then boom, we're ready. Now we always have a big bowl of pasta, or not pasta. No, not pasta. Salad in the fridge, just ready, ready to, go to go in case in case somebody wants a yeah. salad. And we just have to go through it. And then anything that's left over is my lunches. Or, you know, we'll always have one left over night a week because I don't do well in portion control and there's always too much food. But, <laughs> yeah. Not you. Yeah, well, I don't eat that much. I just cook too much. So it's kind of fun once you start to realize how easy it is to cook. So would you say shopping at farmer's markets is more expensive or less expensive than going to the supermarket? I think it depends on what you're buying. So if you're me, it's cheaper because I'm not buying all that processed junk. There's not chips at my house. I mean, well, there's some chips, but it's minimal. There's not junk food at my house. There's not candy. There's, there's very little canned goods anymore, actually. I've worked away from that as well. Um, I have to have boxes and sauces of a couple of things. I mean, I've always got a full pantry. I'll never go hungry at my house. But I don't think I've ever complained <laughs> about prices at a farmer's market for fruits and vegetables. No. No, I can get super carried away and buy too much because oh, I sure. get so excited. Sure. Um, and then I have to, like, rush to figure it out. And that's kind of why, you know, when you get a bunch of uh vegetables that are just starting to like, oh, I got to use this in a day or two. Like the pepper's starting to get wrinkly, but mm. it's still fresh. It's not quite bruised yet. It's not molding. Throw everything in a stir fry or just Very roast good. it on a pan. I mean, my uh, come to find out my husband is anti-cauliflower right now and cauliflower <laughs> is one of my very favorite vegetables. Um, but my family loves broccoli and believe you me, that took a while. When I met my husband, my kids were four. Um, the, the yeah everything was out of a boxer processed and it took me about three three and a half years of introducing them to butter and salt on vegetables and just consistently cooking them and just saying all right you have to take you have to take a couple bites right. and i just always i'm like try new things we gotta just keep going and now they love it well come to find out my husband loves roasted bell peppers and I wouldn't even thought about that because my girls cringe from it and I could care less either way. It's just a colored pepper and I I don't like green bell peppers mm-hmm. unless they're in a sauce and I've talked about that before. But the colored ones are awesome and then they go really well with the steak. So then he's getting everything he wants and he's yeah. getting vegetables. And so you just kind of have to play around and figure out what works for your system. A lot of people that I know swear by air fryers. Or by pressure cookers, mm-hmm. like an Instapot. Mm-hmm. And then it's a short amount of time for prep because weeknights are hard. Right. And I've got kids in soccer and swimming right now. Like I got four days of the week, sometimes five if there's a weekend game, where I'm slammed. And then I'm working here the 60 to 80 hours a week, depending on what's going on. And that leaves no time for right. me. And so if I can have an easy dinner solution, it's best case scenario. So what I'll do is... Pot? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And so sometimes I'll just take a big pork loin... On the weekend, I'll throw it in the crock pot or Sunday night, and then I turn it off, sun, or, you know, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I'll shred pork. And how I do that is I just put it in the crock pot, and I sprinkle salt, Himalayan sea salt over it, and I let it cook in its own juices. I'll check it to make sure it's producing juices. I don't want to fry a crock pot pan. Um, 
And then I'll sometimes do a pot of soup if it's a cold time of year. So I always have a pot of soup and pulled pork or pulled meat so that you have an easy go-to. And I am a master at reinventing leftovers. Mm -hmm. So like last night, I needed to have something before I went to a meeting. I brought out cassava tortillas because I can't have anything else. So I had cassava tortillas. I took the chicken thighs from two days ago. I diced them up. And then I took the roasted broccoli, cauliflowers, and carrots that are all kind of seasonal right now. I warmed those up and diced them. And then I took my miso um, dressing, tossed it all in there, and put it in a taco with some avocado and some some shredded cabbage in it. And then I had dinner. I was set. And then for dessert, I had a can of olives because hmm. I'm weirdo. That well, was last night. It's fine. I like olives out of the can. I'll, I'll do that. You know, um, if I had this this vision, this grand vision, right? It would be for everybody that's watching. If you've never been to a farmer's market, go out. Yeah. See what there is out there. Well, and you know, they usually and start in June absolutely. to help you guys. Absolutely. You're not going to find one right now. No. But you will but, find but one in June. Put that mental note down, you know, late May, early June, they'll start opening up. Go visit them and well, support them. And then I've always thought here at the greenhouse, you know, we've got a nice footprint here to actually be able to host a farmer's market. I'd love and to do that. And then go to that next step. And I've, I've talked to you about this a lot, about having that Epicurean dinner in the greenhouse from the farmer's markets, the local. I still think we everything. can We can pull you that know, off. And that would be fall. so cool to have that type of an event mm-hmm. in such a, a small community. You know, And so that's, that's how you got to, I don't prefer annual meeting. Everything's local. Everything's from the producers. And that's just the coolest part of it. Yeah. Well, and remember, when you go to farmer's market, they're usually in the morning. That's not always true. Sometimes they're on, like, a Tuesday night from 4 to 7. Because I know, like, the one up in Ketchum is like that. It's on a weeknight. Right. Um, But get there first. Get there early. I'll actually, on my weekends, once the farmer's markets are going, I hit them between 9 and 9.30 because they start at 9. And I get what I can at the farmer's market before I even go do my grocery run. So I actually won't order my groceries until I've been to farmer's markets so that I can see what I can find locally. And I regularly do that. And then if you get to know your farmer's market folks, they will go out of their way to accommodate Absolutely. you. Like Kathy was here at our ladies night. She runs the Jerome one. I didn't get honey because I was too busy running the event with, with you and BJ. <laughs> so she brought me honey the well, next day at my office and I had cash for her. So I have two new honeys at there my you house. Go. And I'm trying to be greedy and not share. <laughs> I don't need all that honey. I just, nobody in my family's opened it. Um, and, if you are using local raw honey, it usually has the allergens that are in your environment, and it will help you fight seasonal mm. allergies. Hmm. There's tons of health benefits. Yeah. All right. Did I find in it? Yeah. And search for, um, say you got a produce that you haven't tried before. This is something I always do. So this is your homework as we wrap <laughs> up this episode. So I always pick um, a fruit or vegetable that I don't necessarily like or I don't have any experience with. And I try something new. Sometimes this works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so Now, our co-host isn't here today. No, you know, PJ. PJ. Yeah. And um, when he came to us a few years ago, he had his wife, or maybe it was him, he cooks up this mean dish of parsnips. Yeah, it was, I, I couldn't remember if it was parsnips yeah, or parsnips. turnips. Parsnips. It's parsnips. And, you know, everybody, oh, uh, you know, but it's actually pretty good. So, uh, you know. Take something that you haven't tried and try it. Well, and I take golden beets, not the red ones, because the red ones are just too standard beet-ish, you know? And I like beets. My mother would tell you they taste like dirt. They're disgusting. I actually dice up gold beets 
and sweet potatoes, and I put them in eggs and pot- and with regular potatoes, like an omelet type thing. Exactly, or a hash? and my family thinks they're mm. sweet potatoes. <laughs> So I sneak beets into a lot of things. My husband's finally figured out. He's like, did you just put beets in there? I'm like, yeah, but you ate them and you liked it. And he's like, well, as long as it's not cabbage. I once put cabbage in the breakfast scramble I used to do. Oh, buddy, I thought it was going to be the end of the world. We were going to get divorced over cabbage. (laughs) It might have happened. (laughs) He does not like cabbage. Now, if I make unstuffed cabbage roll soup with sausage, he doesn't mind that. But that was... Hard, hard, hard uh, boundary I crossed with the breakfast scramble. So, uh, and try something new. Yeah. Try something new. Okay. So guys, if, um, if you're not already subscribed to us on one of the channels that you regular access podcasts, um, we're on YouTube and all other streaming channels that have podcasts, please share, listen, um, share with your friends, listen when you get an opportunity. <laughs> share, <laughs> like, you- subscribe. Uh-huh, there we go. I was like, God, I, I need to come up with a catchy. Uh, maybe I'll have to have Zach come up with the exit <laughs> so that I don't screw it up every single time. Otherwise, you gosh, one of these days we need to do a bloopers reel of all the silly crap that comes out of my mouth. I've been pretty good. I I haven't been on the cuss train lately, so trying to pull it together. Um, all right, with that, guys, I wish you a wonderful spring. Hopefully, it's a nice weather where you're where you're um, at while you're listening to this. But find something that you haven't cooked before or you haven't eaten before and. Try support your local markets. Thanks for watching. Yes. Thanks guys. And we invite you to go live life in full color because uh, plain is pretty boring. Thank you. Bye.